You're listening to episode six of the Practice Brave podcast. Welcome to the Practice Brave podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Hey guys, it's Brie Battles, and I want to talk to you today about the juggle between pursuing motherhood and pursuing a business or calling that you feel very equally drawn to. And that can be really hard in a world where we try to do it all and do it right and do all the things all at the same time. And it's something that was brought up very recently for me at a workshop I attended where I sit in front of a crowd of approximately 15 to 20 people. So not a big group, uh, primarily men. And I talked about my primary conflict that I was experiencing in life. And it was an exercise that we were all doing. But my conflict that I feel that I have been experiencing lately is that I feel constantly conflicted. I feel very called to pursue this movement, this business, my career, things that I feel so far outside of motherhood that I feel drawn to as Brianna Battles. And in the very same breath, I feel called to be a very involved mom and to fulfill this primary parent role in my home. I want to be at the baseball games. I want to take Cade to school. I want to get chance to preschool and back and spend days with him when he's not in preschool. I still want to be with my kids. And then sometimes when I'm with my kids, I really just want to be away and doing stuff for my business and work. And so I feel constantly conflicted between trying to be in the moment and be the mom that I always thought I would be, but also now feeling equally called to a career and purpose that is, that is bigger than me and is equally meaningful. So I sit up there and I I talked this out and I gave examples of how how this is a really hard thing for me to, to go back and forth on. And it's not necessarily that there is a solution. It's just, it's being able to cope with that tug of war that I put on myself because there's this overwhelming amount of responsibility to be a good mom and to be successful. And what does success mean? And that's going to look different to every single person. Um, and I do feel very much pulled, but instead of saying, oh, well, this is what you should do, do X, Y, and Z. There is no set game plan. There is no great answer that's just going to make everything better. I think it's just, it's an adjusted mindset toward what we define as being successful and good enough. And that's something that I think will continue to evolve with me as I keep pursuing motherhood and pursuing business and know that it's not perfect. But do I want to change my situation? No, I feel like I am beyond privileged to be so lucky to work and do something that I care so much about. And I genuinely enjoy speaking about and doing love coaching. But I also feel really guilty sometimes with with not being able to be the mom that I thought I was going to be or maybe in the way that I thought I was going to be. Would I change anything? No, but (laughs) it doesn't mean it's not hard. So I'm going to start off with some questions that I've been asked a lot recently because I think so many people have seen 
my business grow as my kids have. And it, it really did start in the trenches of motherhood. I built a very successful business while I was still trying to, while I was kind of in survival mode, learning how to transition into a role as a mom. So to tell you a little bit about my family dynamic, just to provide some context, I've been married to Jared for uh, 10 years and we, we really have grown up together. Never could we have ever anticipated which way my career would have gone. I never planned this. I never thought I was going to go into business for myself. I was like not a business person at all. And, you know, my backgrounds in exercise science and the options were really limited back when I was doing my undergraduate work. It just, it wasn't this big opportunity, you know, it was like very conservative job options. And so the thought of going and being an entrepreneur or a business owner was just never on my radar. Jared is a first responder. He's a police officer. And so that in and of itself creates a different family dynamic for us. Even if we both respect each other equally and our careers are equally important, it doesn't really matter in a first responder dynamic because their job is the primary job. And it's not about finances at all. It's about the, the role and identity that is attached to being a first responder. He can get called out at any given time. And it really comes down to me being the primary parent and the default parent for most of it. Because even if he, the days that he's off and he's very involved, it still is just in our family anyway. My role is the primary caretaker for our kids because his work is just a little bit more unpredictable. And it does have to take priority for different reasons than how my my work works. <laughs> but that makes it really challenging sometimes because we have this tug of war in our marriage sometimes where it's hard to not feel resentful and say, well, my stuff matters too. And well, of course it does. Nobody's saying that my work and my career doesn't matter. It's just this immense amount of responsibility I carry as being somebody who's pursuing my career so strongly. And my husband gets to pursue his career so strongly, but I have this different added pressure that I put on myself. Maybe culturally, we our society also adds to that, but it can just be really hard to figure out a way to, to not feel resentment when you are also trying to do something and your partner by default is this primary person pursuing their career. And just, just for reference, Jared is. He is so steady and I'm like, woo, all over the place with, with everything. <laughs> like, and he has always supported me unconditionally through college, through those early years in the trenches. When I resigned from the job I was at and was like, I'm just going to be a stay at home mom. And that lasted for three weeks before I started trying to coach and build something. Cause I was so antsy and depressed. He has never said no. He has always been supportive of every crazy thing I've done and tried to bring like some logic to it, but he is genuinely a really supportive husband and spouse and father where we, we share the burden very equally, even though our career dynamics are different when we're at home or when he's with the boys and I'm gone or vice versa, there's no shift. We are very equal in that. And I, that is a huge part of what helps me be successful in my career is that I know that the ball is not getting dropped when he's with the boys and he, he runs our system well. 
So that is an interesting dynamic in my personal situation. I, I have two kids, as most of you guys know, it's Kate and Chance. Kate is in kindergarten. Chance goes to preschool a couple of days a week. And I built that business in the trenches of coming out of my pregnancy and early postpartum experience with Cade. And then into the years after trying to find my voice and my interest and this new identity as a mom, my new identity as a coach and athlete, what this looked like for me and did that and continue to do that through my pregnancy with chance and postpartum experience with chance. And now I'm raising these boys while also raising a business. And I know that's a really cliche term, But I I consider my business something that is an extension of me, just like my kids are an extension of me. And I do care greatly about both. And therefore, I feel very conflicted about trying to pursue both because when I'm pursuing one thing, it feels like another thing is being dropped. And I know so many women can relate to that. Um, Whether you, you are pursuing a business or maybe you're just pursuing a career you feel very passionate about. Or a job that, hey, you, you just have to, you have to work. And that's part of what you do. And you still feel conflicted. It's like there's no win. It's all just that hard to navigate and transition through when aspects of our life are shifting and changing. And for more context, we don't have a ton of support locally. Our families don't live super close. We have not had consistent childcare through the years. And that's partly my ego and partly just like the, our, our situation, our lack of resources, sometimes it's just really hard to find a babysitter and consistency. And with my schedule and Jared's schedule, I say this, take it for whatever it's worth. I'm like, I need a babysitter booty call. Like I don't always need the same schedule every single week. I just need somebody who can save my ass every once in a while so that I can go to the dentist alone or so that I can, I'm flying out and going here, but Jared's working till really late and we just need a person. And that is not an easy thing to find. And so we just are constantly trying to figure it out and winging it. And I wish I had a better system. I wish there was a better way of doing this. And maybe someday I'll get to a point where I don't feel guilty asking for help. And it just becomes easier to have the support that that we need. But I think so many of us get into this situation where we want support and it's just not as easy as, oh, just find a babysitter. Oh, you just need to find somebody who can help out. There's financial constrictions, there's flexibility constrictions, and then there's just our own mom guilt maybe that gets the way of us getting the help that we really need. So I know so many of you guys can relate to that. And that's something that has really, there's definitely a struggle for me early on when I first had Cade asking for help, even though I desperately, desperately needed it. And I actually had more access to help back then and support. And it was my own ego that got in the way of that. So that was a really hard thing for me to come to terms with. And now even in a different place in career and life, I'm finally getting a glimpse at having a little bit more freedom and support. And that's only because both of my boys are in school. At least, you know, there's two days a week where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have some tiny dose of freedom and flexibility. And that has been so liberating to really be able to take advantage of those hours and times. But guys, it took six years to get here. So I don't know if I have the best piece of advice, but that's just context on what our family dynamic looks like. Maybe it's relatable, maybe it's not, but that's just so you know, moving forward, that's what my life looks like at home. So how do I juggle it? I tell everyone this, I am juggling and I am dropping all the time. And while juggling and dropping, I'm constantly having balls thrown at me. Maybe that's, 
Hey, we need a, you need to send this email. You need to return that phone call. You need to make dinner. You got to go pick up the kids here. Oh yeah. Also you're launching a product in two weeks. You need to send, you need to write out all of these emails. Let's look at the sales page, get on a call with this person, record a podcast. There are so many different moving pieces of my life that I feel like if I am really focused in on one thing, that means other things are being dropped. And that means I am just missing the other things that are being thrown at me. And it is hard. And I like to be good at things. I like to feel successful. I thrive on being busy and engaged, but then I get pissed when, when I feel like I'm sucking at it too. And that has been the really hard part about juggling a business and frankly, a movement that I am uh, front facing and also my at-home life. And it's really hard to feel like I need to do all the things all at the same time and my support for accomplishing them it's just tricky. Some days I feel like, oh yeah, I got this under control or I have outsourced this appropriately. And other days I'm like, well, I apparently I'm just going to suck at everything because if I'm trying to put my focus here, well, I'm feeling guilty about that. And then that makes me less successful at what I'm actually trying to put my focus on. And I call this like the athlete brain mom edition because, you know, it's that quest to be enough and to be good and to be efficient and to be successful and feeling like you just have to spin all these wheels in order to do that. And that's just a really hard thing. So it's being able to give yourself grace and being able to make adjustments as needed to, to be where you are and meet yourself at that place and do it in a really reasonable way. It's hard to learn how to be reasonable with yourself when you're always trying to be great. Again, with juggling Jared and I split our responsibilities very equally. Again, he is incredibly supportive of what I do. And I, I would not be able, there's a lot of privilege that exists here because I know a lot of marriages look very different than mine. And he is very, very helpful when he's around. But when he's not around or when he's working till ridiculous hours, like I don't, I don't have his backup. It has to be on me. But when I'm gone, you know, likewise, it's on him to handle all the things with the kids. Do I still carry a significant weight of responsibility for, okay, well, he has a dentist appointment. Make sure you take him to that. Yes. That's like that mental load of motherhood that's referenced so much now, which is great that we've brought attention to that, but it still does make it really hard because even when we are trying to solicit support, whether it's you have support from family or from your significant other, or maybe like a babysitter or a nanny, it's still this weight of moving pieces that you carry with you all the time. Even when I'm traveling and I'm supposed to be focused in on the seminar I'm doing, I'm still like, wait, what day is it? Okay. Kate has to turn in these things for his, at his school. And we need to print this picture and do that. There's just things in the back of my mind and I cannot shut that off. And it's this weight and this mental burden that I don't know if, if other people always experience. And that is the other hard part is because you want to be there. You want to be on it. You don't want to forget things. And there's so many things that I'm frankly just forgetting no matter what I seem to do, no matter what system I put in place. But with that one piece of advice that has worked very well for having all these moving pieces is I have a giant whiteboard in my office. And that is a great place for me to get into my zone of genius and brain dump my ideas. It kind of acts as a, as a messy vision board. I don't have time to cut out pieces of magazines and glue it on anything or be cute. No, I want to go into like full Rain Man mode where I'm just writing on my whiteboard and it gets me out of my own head and into the zone of really what I want to focus on, whether it's business or just a general to-do list. That helps me a lot. So if you are also somebody who likes to just get into your zone and write things down, uh, highly suggest 
just having a whiteboard or something like that, that can help hold you accountable, help remind you of the ideas that you have and things that you want to accomplish. It's like the ultimate to-do list, right? I also have giant calendars for 2020. For example, I have a, a giant calendar that is dry erase and it shows every single month and I hang it on my wall in my office and I know what each month looks like. I know what's going on and it's easy for me. I'd rather be able to write it down personally than just have it in my phone because it's a quick way for me to see it all at once instead of just um, like day by day or week by week. I like to see not only what's happening this month, but three months from now and what I need to do and sort of reverse engineer my scheduling and planning. That helps. I also keep a whiteboard calendar in our kitchen so that we can see, okay, there's a dentist appointment on this day. And also I have a hair appointment on this day. Also, I'm we're leaving. We're going on vacation on this weekend. And okay, Jared's at a training for these three days. He was not home. Okay, what? when do we need to solicit childcare? When do we need to get some more help? When do I know that, it, like just whatever it might be, it just helps seeing that and having those pieces connected so that everybody is on the same page. And I, that helps me focus on my order of operations and priority lists. So how do I plan ahead and stay focused? So along with my whiteboards, I kind of alluded to this. I try to plan a quarter at a time, looking at maybe a two, three, maybe four months out, depending on what season I'm in, and then having themes to focus uh, my energy and creativity on. So if I know that I want to really dial in how much I'm talking about one subject matter, well, then I know that I'm doing it because a month from now, I might be launching a product that talks about that. I might be really trying to lead into a new resource that I have created and want to share. And so having some specific things to focus my energy and creativity on that leads to a purpose is what helps me stay dialed in. And uh, it helps keep it really relevant. And also it mixes it up so that I'm not feeling like I'm spinning, having to talk about so many different subjects. I'm really just focusing in on uh, one or two themes and then being able to be on that and then shift gears into a new theme when that time has come. I also try to plan my year very similar to uh, sports where there's like an in-season and off-season. And that really helps my brain. And maybe that's not everybody, like, but I, I am kind of on or I'm taking, I really try to take a significant step back. So my in-season looks like January through mid-May. And then I try now, especially with Cade being in school and so much of our life now revolves around his school schedule and our freedom. And freedom is a, is a very important aspect and benefit of my career and also my husband's career. So I try to take off summer so that I can be really be with my kids, travel and enjoy a little bit of extra built-in freedom because we're not confined by school hours and days. So I'm trying to take like mid-May through August off and then hit it hard again between September and November and then take the holidays off pretty much. So that helps me know that I do have programmed time off but when I'm in season, I'm, I'm really working hard and that helps me stay focused. And that also lets me know if I'm going to plan, like I can plan mini breaks in there and, you know, and then have the themes to focus on. But I really feel that I'm programmed that way. When I was coaching in college and playing sports in college, that's how it operated was you're traveling every weekend. You're doing all of this. You got games here and doing this and doing that. 
and just staying on and busy and really scheduled is what I've been raised on. And so for me, that works for others that gives, I get that that totally gives you an anxiety attack and that's fine. This is what works for me is kind of having a season that I can focus on knowing that there is an off season coming and then I can schedule in breaks as needed. What also makes that hard though, is sometimes when I'm in my busy season of business, my son's also playing soccer or baseball. And I want to be the mom that is at those games and taking him to practice. And I always told myself, especially before having kids, that I want to be the mom who is at every single game. I will never miss a game. And I was raised by a single mom who worked her ass off and she still was able to come to every game. And that was like such an important thing for me. And I thought that that was almost like this gold standard of being a mom and having kids in sports. And now I'm realizing that like, man, that's just not my reality. That is not my life. I care so much about my business and what I'm able to do there and the opportunities that exist with that. And sometimes that does get in the way of being at every single game. Can I still be at the majority of them? Can I still take them to practice? Can I still be a very involved mom and not be at every single thing for my kids? Yes, we have to navigate the reality in front of us, not the one that we painted for ourselves before we became moms. And that is so hard. And that traces back to like the athlete brain mom edition because we want to do it all and be at it all. And then we feel this immense guilt and like we're not doing a good job if we're not at these things. And we just have to know that I think ultimately our kids are going to see us working really hard to do the best that we can in every given situation. And this is not just about like working moms versus stay at home moms, because we are all conflicted in different ways. None of us can do it all and none of us can do it all well. We are figuring it out day by day, kid by kid, week by week, month by month, sport by sport, whatever it might be. It's just that we are always going to have conflicts and we have to give ourselves grace to figure that out. And even if it looks different than we thought originally thought it was going to be, I'm proud that my boys get to see me pursue my thing, just like I'm seeing them pursue their thing. And I have to just keep telling myself that. So what does self-care look like for me? (laughs) And self-care kind of bugs me because I think that term just means, oh, that means manicures and massages and baths. Like, obviously I think there's a great place for that, but I'm also the person who's like, I don't have freaking time for that. I don't, I don't want to put my time and energy there. So my version of self-care is making sure that I am taking care of myself in general, that I'm getting enough sleep, that I'm eating well, but I'm not being like neurotic about what I'm eating. And it means now, finally, six years into motherhood, because I have these two days a week where I don't have my kids with me, I'm now able to go to jujitsu, which I I was always afraid of trying, but it's so different and such a different skill set and mental skill set. I wanted to do that. I'm not necessarily a yoga person. And so jujitsu for me is kind of like aggressive yoga. You know, there's a lot of mobility there, um, a lot of like intention, but just maybe some more spice to it. For me, nothing wrong with yoga, guys. So I started doing jujitsu and I'm not good, like not even a little bit, like at all. It's very frustrating to suck so bad, but it's also really humbling. And I feel like there's a lot of life and coaching lessons that are very much attached to trying to participate and be so new at something that is so different. So I've been doing that twice a week and that has been a good act of self-care because when I'm there, the only thing I can focus on is trying to pay attention. I can't think about what I'm cooking for dinner that night. I can't think about the email that I didn't send. I am zoned in on what I need to do in that moment, which is follow directions and try to apply them. 
never do I ever get that opportunity to be that zoned in on something. And so that has become a really effective form of self-care for me. Another thing that I do that's more personal is I have a tendency to plan a lot of activities for my family and getaways, whether it's like a big trip, doing a couple of those a year, or just little weekend getaways where we, we take our trailer out and we do some local camping or whatever it might be. Being on the go and having things planned with my kids, like that fills my cup because it, it makes me feel like we are living and enjoying now versus waiting for later. Oh, wait for the kids to get a little bit older. Oh, like it's so busy right now. We can't add another thing to our list. Like I just feel very, very called to do as much as we can while we can, because so much of life is, is continually changing. And I want to take advantage of every opportunity. My kids are little, and I feel like this is when we can go and do and explore and just give them the life that frankly, Jared and I didn't get when we were young. Jared and I were both raised by single moms and very conservatively, we didn't have the ability to do any of the things that Jared and I are now able to give our kids. And we, we want to take advantage of that because we feel so privileged and grateful that we're even, that we even have the opportunity to. So that has become a huge part of my self-care is making sure that we do have fun planned in because so much of our life is chaotic and crazy and balanced between what Jared's career looks like, what mine looks like, what the kids' activities look like. We try to get in good family quality time. And that has become really fulfilling to me from a self-care perspective. So in a similar fashion, how do I fit in exercising and eating well? A very simple answer for me. I keep my exercises and my, my training simple similar, insane. That goes for, yes, training and also how I eat. I am not, I do not have time at this point in my life or maybe ever to obsess about how many calories I'm consuming, how much I weigh, how many miles I'm logging, how many hours I'm training, how many pounds I'm lifting. I just don't have that in me anymore. Like that's a mental load and responsibility that I could not, I just, I have had to let go of. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel good in my body. I want to feel confident. I want to feel able and strong. Like I want to, I want to be able to race Cade and beat him for as long as I can. <laughs> and by keeping my training really simple and keeping it similar every week. So I kind of know what I'm doing on Mondays. I kind of know what I'm doing on Tuesdays training wise. I'll go to jujitsu on Wednesdays. I know what I want to focus on. Like I have a very similar consistent schedule and habits and same with my eating. That's not to say that like I absolutely indulge. And sometimes I just feel like I, you know, at like five o'clock while I'm trying to make dinner and I'm zoned out after a long day, I just like black out and like eat a bunch of chocolate covered almonds because they're right there. And I'm just, you know, you just want to like numb out. I mean, I can't say that's obviously a super healthy habit or anything like that, but it's not letting that spiral into becoming a consistent behavior, right? Like the sum of our habits is really what's going to sustain us and keep us healthy. So I do try to exercise often, as often as I can, because it makes me feel good. That doesn't mean I'm spending two hours in the gym. The max time I spend exercising, like absolute max is an hour. And most of the time it's like from 12 minutes to 30 minutes. And I don't have much more time than that because again, juggling and dropping all the balls all the time. How do I stay engaged and keep up momentum? I think it's, that's a question I get asked a lot because I think people see that I'm just like on, on, on. What we don't see is when I am just done and overwhelmed and have to take a step back. So it's knowing that momentum does stall, but it's our habits 
and the ability to take a reset that needs to be built into what we do. I absolutely feel like there's just times where I'm like, nope, I'm just in a funk and I don't have it in me to like, I don't even want to respond to any emails. I just can't, or, you know, I can't have this conversation today. I can't respond to this, whatever it might be. And it's just knowing that that's how you're feeling today, but that's not how you're going to keep feeling. And guys, if you do, if you constantly feel like that, like that's a really good sign to go and talk to a therapist. Really? I wish that somebody would have said that to me early on, but I think overall knowing that momentum can stall, but it's your habits of how you run your business, how you run your life, how you run your family, and then scheduling in some resets, knowing that you are going to stall, take that time to reset and then build back into it. That will really help keep you consistent. Another thing that I have done is I have, and this took a really long time, guys, this is not like an out of the gate thing with business. Um, I started in the trenches doing all the damn things, even if I wasn't good at them and like begging for help from friends. But I have now gotten to a point where I can outsource what I'm not good at and stay in my zone of genius. Like I have a project manager, I have a virtual assistant, I've hired a housekeeper to come over once a week. These are all significant privileges that I had to convince myself for a very long time that were okay to have and that they would actually help me be more successful and release guilt in other areas if I could simply outsource these things. And doing that has been an absolute game changer. And again, I know that that is not a situation that everybody can be in, but it is something that I was able to build to very gradually over time and have learned to stop being so apologetic over it because it helps me be good and embrace my kids more fully in the ways that I can and want to, and also embrace what I'm good at within my business and what feels like worth saying yes to. It's also just respecting the ebbs and flows that come with being really immersed in your, in your business, your career, your everything. This for me is really connected to my menstrual cycle and is what I'm interested in at that point in time. So I know that, you know, each month, like my mood and creativity is really kind of connected to where I'm at in my cycle. And so it's knowing that, okay, I'm feeling this way because like hormonally, I'm just not in like that great of a place right now. I'm not going to feel like this next week. Cool. And so it makes, it takes you out of that cycle of feeling like, oh, I suck right now. Or why is this so hard? Or why does this feel extra heavy and, and hard? So it's just really respecting that ebb and flow of who you are and what this week and this month and this year, whatever uh, circumstance is presenting. And just know that, you know, the reward in business and your career and whatever it is that you're pursuing, like your passion project, whatever, like that is not instant or linear. The reward is not instant. And if that's what you're looking for, get out. You're not going to get it that way. And if you do get it that way, it's probably not going to be sustainable. But the reward is meaningful because it's fulfilling to play the long game. Having that delayed gratification of seeing the sum of your habits over time and time and consistency and doing whatever you can while you're in the trenches or maybe while you're just on and things are moving well, And then what's accomplished when things are going bad, like all of that is what gives you this delayed gratification. I look at the bricks I laid six years ago and then two years ago and then this past month and it is all meaningful and all important. And if I was looking for this like direct way of getting fulfillment, this doesn't happen often enough to sustain you. You have to know that the reward is really in the process and that that can be hard, but we, that's where we have to focus our effort and joy in is like 
are you loving what you're doing because you know what you're working for ultimately? I know I'm working to build a very successful brand in life and legacy. And I'm also working to be a really good mom and to watch my boys grow up and to raise them into the men that I know that they will be and have such like I'm working on having the family that that I always dreamed of. And it's not perfect, but that's what I'm working for. We see a reward based on what we do in our day to day. So what's my advice for women building a family and pursuing their business and career? One thing that Glennon Doyle Melton mentions sometimes is just do the next right thing and that'll take you home. It is so overwhelming to feel called to do all the things, all the times, but you really sometimes just have to narrow it down and say, well, what's the next right thing I can do in this moment? And then you do that thing and just baby steps, really just try to zoom in as much as you can, because when you're zoomed out super far, it's hard. It's hard to see what your next step is. And you don't know your order of operations. You don't know your process. You do the next right thing. And you might feel like you're letting somebody down, letting, maybe letting your, your ego down, you know, and, and that is a hard thing to, to navigate, but know that you're going to juggle and drop. You're just going to juggle and drop. That is where we are at. Even if you have all the help and support in the world, you're still going to feel immense pressure to do it well and to do it right. And that is just so relative. We, I think we really are all doing the best we can with the circumstances that we are in. And it's coming to terms saying, I think that this is enough and I'm going to keep learning from this. Every single opportunity, no matter how it goes, no matter what the effort is that you're putting out there, you're going to get feedback and you have to take that feedback in order to help make that next right decision. So sometimes you're going to get a win. And a lot of other times you're going to get a lot of like trials and errors and fails. And you have to take that as feedback and apply it to your next right thing. I also think that it's really easy for us, especially as moms and women to get in our own way or to get distracted by other people doing the things. And we don't keep our eyes on our own lane. And I feel like that's something that I have actually done well is I try to not get distracted by the noise around me. I feel called and confident in what I'm doing and I am doing it. I don't want to take a bunch of courses and follow a bunch of gurus and formulas and whatever. Like, I don't want that. I want to be my own zone of genius and have my own spin and own creativity on what I'm doing. I don't want to know what other people are doing. I want to be applying what I know, what I have learned from who I am and what I do. And I think that that could help so many more women just take action and just do the damn thing because we get so caught up in what other people are doing or how we like how perfect it needs to be, what we think that we need to do, that it actually gets in the way from actually just doing it and then collecting that feedback, collecting that data on did this work? Was this a win? Was this like kind of meh? Where am I at with this? And then that helps you make your next move in both business and family dynamic. You're going to feel guilty, you guys. Like, I, I don't have any insight on the, how not to feel guilty, but I do know how to feel very certain that I am not apologizing for pursuing something that Brianna Battles feels very called to do because Brianna Battles is doing this, but I'm also raising a family and I want my boys to see me do both. I want to be able to say yes to myself and myself from 10 years ago and myself. 10 years from now and say, yes, she still mattered and her family still mattered. Both mattered. Both are important. Both are fulfilling. She can love both. She can feel successful in both. She can feel like she's failing at both. 
And that is okay. And I don't know how to not feel guilty about that, but I know how to sit with myself and say, I'm not apologizing. This is important. And some days it's going to suck and it's going to be really hard and it's going to test me. And I, I will cry in my kitchen. I will cry on my bathroom floor. I will cry when I'm driving because something is getting dropped and I feel like I'm missing out on aspects of motherhood or aspects of building this business that I want to. But I know that what I'm doing ultimately is the right thing right now in my life. And that is something that I am not apologizing for. I know that my boys are going to see a strong woman taking charge and lead. And that is, as a mom of boys, that's exactly what I want them to see. That's exactly what I want them to know. That mommy still mattered, that she cared about something and she really pursued it. And she did that and she loved her boys the whole time that she was doing it. And she was still there. And I can show up for business and I can show up for my kids that we can do both. It's just not going to be perfect. You are still worth it. And your temporary guilt will outweigh forever regret. So you guys, I think in closing, I know this episode was a lot. This is probably the most vulnerable episode that I have shared a, because I'm talking to myself here, um, <laughs> like on this solo episode, but also because it's such insight into the struggles that we feel. I want so badly for all things pregnancy and postpartum athleticism and what I put out into this world to be valuable and important. And I want to really capitalize on, on the moments and opportunities that arise. And I also want to be home at six o'clock at night making dinner. I mean, like not really, I don't really want to be making dinner, but I'm going to be because that is my reality. And I want to be taking K to jujitsu and I want to be taking chance to preschool and it is chaotic. And I don't always want those things, but then ultimately I do. How can we try to have the best of both worlds at different times? And I think that's where a lot of us have to just do what we can with what we have, where we are. And if any of this resonated with you, please share, because this is a huge vulnerability dump. And I feel like it's a topic that does need to be talked about more from perhaps maybe a more relatable lens. I don't know. I have yet to find a business coach or somebody who's putting a lot of content out there that I can really relate to because I do feel sometimes like I have a really unique dynamic in my life with what I'm trying to do. And then yet my reality is first responder husband, two young kids trying to build a movement and very successful business. And it's just like a hot mess. And <laughs> who can relate? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out who to learn from with this. And I think it might be one of those things that I'm going to be in the trenches with and just try to really become who I needed. And if this resonated with you, I would love to hear your feedback. If you are enjoying this show, six episodes in, it would be amazing if you could leave a review. It means so much to me to get your feedback and insight. And it also helps this podcast to get discovered by people who really need better info on all things, womanhood, business, pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood, all of it. So you guys, thank you so much for listening to this and let me know what you thought. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you head over to my website, www.briannabattles.com and find my free and paid resources and make sure to connect with me on Instagram at brianna.battles. Talk to you soon.